1: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.
2: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love?
3: Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having?
2: Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only, 18 plus, rewards, registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. So, see McDonald's.com for full details time a few
0: promotions
2: but up Good evening and welcome to the Alien Vale podcast. This is the second of our, it was five, now it's going to be six specials over the summer. Um, and we're joined by Export Vale Centre off Daniel Beresford. Uh, sorry, ex-Portley Vale Centre
3: off. Did say Portley Vale Centre off that
2: Portly Vale? Um but no, we're we're doing we're joined by a, a proper legend in my eyes, even if it was short lived. And that's Connor Hall. How are you doing, Connor?
0: I am mate, yeah. Really good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show.
2: It was part
0: of coming on the show. You have agreed to
3: come back to Vale next season, by the way. We didn't tell you that bit till we were on air, but you've just signed a verbal
0: contract. Oh, well, I'm glad you told me that now, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) If it was an hour down the road, I might consider it. Yeah, no, it's a fair old
3: drive. When we played Cambridge away last season, it's it's a fair distance, especially when you're drinking
0: all the way there. (laughs) No, it is is a fair distance. and it was something I was kind of used to because obviously I was at Harrogate before that. Um, that was kind of one kind of one of the reasons why I sort of left them. Um, they they wanted someone that could give a could give them more uh, in terms of of hours and staying up there a lot more. Uh, and that was something I couldn't offer them at the time. So they um, they just well they asked me if I would be interested in in moving on, and I I jumped at the opportunity and kind of said to them like. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm in that place where I do want to move on now. Um, I had a chance, or kind of a chance, to leave in the summer before that um, to a higher league, but that didn't come off. They, uh, they kind of, no, they didn't, didn't let me go. Um, so it sort of changed my thinking in terms of that that next season coming up. And then yeah, when they when they spoke to me and uh, and said give me the opportunity to leave, I, I kind of said yeah, look, now you've said it to me, I, I do I do want to look down that route. Um, and there was yeah, there was a couple of clubs. There was I'd say there was three clubs: uh, one being Port Vale, one being Wrexham, and one being Boreham And and the three options I had was Wood for close to home, Wrexham everyone would know why, <laughs> and, and and Port Vale for the for trying to get to League One and and play as high as I high as I can, so that was the footballing reason. Um, and I spoke to people as well as people at, at the club at Vale when I had my meeting. and And the main the main reason was I wanted to get to League One, and that's exactly why I joined Port Vale. And you'd have known Dan Jones, wouldn't you, from his time at Arrogate? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I knew Jonesy. Um, yeah, I played with him a few times towards the back end of the season. Um, he had an injury, I think. During my time there, but he played the back end of the season and, and got on really well with him and, and still got on with him at put well vale. Yeah, yeah. Well, we haven't
3: started yet. So, well, we're recording, obviously, but I was going to ask more there, but it might be coming up in the interview. But Johnny's prepared the questions, so
2: yeah.
3: I won't jump on him, Johnny. We'll see what comes up.
2: Don't ruin it, but we'll we'll start like we normally do. I know that we've just had a little dive, but we asked the guests. It was three questions, but it's turned into five now. Just to just to get to know you a little bit. So, mm. the first yeah. of them is, what was the team that you supported growing up?
0: Well, growing up, I was a Stevenage fan. Believe it or not, um, my my nan and grandad are from Stevenage. Mum and dad are, are from that sort of way as well. Um, I used to play football on a Saturday and then rush over to Stevenage and, and watch them play with my granddad. And he used to take me home and away, to, to be fair. Wow. Of oh, course, cool Stevenage fan, then. I was, yeah. I've been to Wembley a couple of times to watch him as well. Um, yeah, so they're, they're sort of the team I, I supported when I was a kid, yeah. Wow, Steve Evans has done a job for them this season, hasn't he? He's done a, a remarkable job from where they where they were when he took over. Um, so, yeah, they, are, they nearly got relegated, didn't they? I think it worked for... Yeah. Uh, PPG or something like that. Um, yeah, he's done done brilliant. You can't fault him. Has the opportunity ever arisen a to go Stevenage? Um, not really. But when Alex Ree- when Alex Reeves was there, he um, he kind of had a little joke with me where after a game, saying what What the hell are you doing playing up at Port Vale when you can come and play for me at Stevenage down the <laughs> road? Um, yeah, that's sort of come up a little bit. Um, so maybe if I if I was maybe out of contract. To, then that would probably be a be a club that come up, but I've always been in contract, so the chance of like of paying for me, paying a fee and stuff like that, don't think that's that's a route that they'd go down.
3: Is it a place you'd like go being your boy club? Because obviously everyone listening is Vale fans, and we'd all love play for Vale. Yeah, um, Steven, is Steven your club you'd like to play for one day?
0: Um, yeah, I think you can't turn any anything down really, especially with it being so close to home. And yeah, I used to play, uh, I used to go and watch them, but. Yeah, I, it's not something i would really really push for but if the opportunity came and it was right for me then then obviously of course i'd i'd love to to play for them and uh it was only this year actually it was the first time i've actually played on that pitch um all the other times i've either been injured or i think i had a my second child so i missed that game um so yeah it would be nice to to play for them but it's just yeah never really come up
3: yeah interesting that wasn't the dance i was expecting <laughs> So next one, this might be what I'm not expecting then, because you might go with a Stevenage player. Favourite player growing up?
0: No, nah, favourite player growing up. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with a striker, Thierry Henry. Nah. I'm an Arsenal fan as well. Um, and he was just unbelievable. Like Some of the games I used to watch on the telly before i go to bed and uh, go to school. It was He was frightening. He was unbelievable, unplayable. Yeah, he was. And obviously a Vale
3: fan as well now, Connor. So you've got three. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: Don't be greedy. Now, no, that this one, this one's one of my favorites. It's an irrational dislike. So a player that you think everyone else rates, but you just can't see. So um we had Will Forrester on and he went Mason Mount. Um oh. I went yeah, I went Adam Yates from when 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 watching Vale and stuff, so just someone that you think people rate and you just you just don't see it. Uh, cool, that is a good one. Um, I, to be fair,
0: before he got his move to Man United, Sancho, I know he had really good stats, but every time I watched him in the Champions League, I kind of didn't really see the hype. Um, and I get obviously stats back it up and and shoot me down big time. But every time I watched him, I just didn't see him set the world alight like his stats prove and um and obviously now he's gone to united and he's he's found it difficult let's be honest um but still he's still a world class player don't get me wrong but yeah just yeah, just him i think i've just not seen enough in him to to warrant his his actual record
3: yeah no, that to be fair, he's never lived to the potential. I don't think even at United, but could be worse. Connor when at Man City signed Hall, and me and Johnny had a conversation, and Johnny says, "I don't think he'll cut it in the Premier League." I said, "Don't be daft." I says he'll rip it up. I says he'll top top goal scorer of season. Johnny yeah. said, "No, we won't cope with the physicality." <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I think I think I said he'd be lucky he'd get ten goals, and he got there in the first three games or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. I think I see as well someone on a on another
0: podcast sort of just said no he it's a disrespect to say he'll get top goal scorer when you've got the likes of Kane and that in the league and and he won't he won't get anywhere near 20 goals and stuff like that and so look at him now he's just yeah, yeah he's a world-beater, isn't he
3: yes he is. he's unbelievable next one then best player that you've played with
0: Oh, best player i've played just with just
3: have to be across your career <laughs>
0: um Best player I've played with. Um, oh, that is a tough one. Um, I might have to go with a lad that's just left or leaving Harrogate. A lad called Alex Patterson, midfielder. Um, he come he come from League One and signed for Harrogate just purely to get game time and closer to home. Um, but he's I just think he's a really really good. Midfielder, I think he's the best midfielder in League Two. And I tried getting Vale to sign him last summer. Um, and yeah, I pushed quite hard for that one. And and it kind of was, I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but they were interested. Um, he was still under contract, and I know he had Scottish Prem teams coming for him last summer. But I think, yeah, Alex Patterson probably one of the best I've played with. Yeah, oh, yeah, and I also I've forgotten I did actually play when I was about 19 20, I did actually play with Nick Pope, who plays for Newcastle, obviously, now. Um, and obviously that speaks for himself. But yeah, in terms of properly playing with someone in the in the pro game, Alex Patterson. Yeah,
3: he's one. Keep their eye on this. Some of them for a free agent for someone. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, be
0: interesting
2: to see where he goes. Yeah. So the complete opposite question: best player you've played against. Um, do
0: You know what? I'm going to say the lad from Bolton. Is it Connor Bradley? Yes. yes, on loan from Liverpool. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I played against him obviously this season with Vale, and um, he just he, he was down on my side. I was up against him, and I just felt like my one of my strengths was getting forward, and he nullified that. When I got forward, he he was there. I was about to put a cross in all of a sudden he's ricocheted it off of me and it's gone out for for a goal kick and stuff like that. I just think he was a really solid defender, young defender. And um, and he was really good at going forward as well. Um, so I think, yeah, he was he's, he's up there. One of the best I've played against. Yeah, he scored a few goals as well this season for him. He's had a cracking year.
3: Yeah, he's done really well, yeah. Next one. Now, this one might not be... Mind you, it might be hard for you because you've had quite a few trips to Wembley, but favourite game that you've played in?
0: Uh, it's, it'll have to be... Oh, it is a tough one, actually. Uh, it's going to be one of the two, Wembley, two of the Wembley trips. I think I'd have to say... The one with Port Vale, um, obviously the first time I got there. Yes, I scored there, but it was in front of no fans and none of my family. And then obviously with with Vale to obviously get into League One, the highest I've ever played in front of in front of the fans, a lot of travelling fans in front of my kids, um, yeah, in front of all my family. I'd, I'd have to say the Port Vale one. It was unbelievable. Dan, I just thought even before the day started, I thought surely I can't win again at Wembley, like third time there and. Finally having my family and friends there, thinking it's just not going to be like they're all going to be there. and I'm finally going to lose there, and yeah, just to win. Like I even think about it daily now, like driving into football every day and stuff. Just thinking back to that day, it was just incredible with with an incredible group of lads.
3: Yes, giving me goosebumps. You're talking about, and you might not have scored for Vale, but you cleared one off the line. And at that point in the game, yes, they were down to ten men, but they bring it back to two-one just before half
0: time, and the players they've got, it's game on, isn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, and that that was good enough for me. That was I, I played my part in the final, which I was I was happy with. Um, yeah, it could have been completely different. With yes, they were down to ten men, but yeah, if, like you say, if that goal goes in, it's it, it just changes the swing of the game, and that's how football goes. And and luckily it didn't. And uh, and then
2: we got that that cushion of a third goal. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll 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 touch on that obviously in in a little bit. But um, a new question that I'm intrigued in for the defenders. Back three or back four, which do you prefer? Ben Garner
0: might hate me for this, but back three.
2: <laughs>
3: ben Garner hates sure you anyway because of the playoffs. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I do like a back three. I just feel like it—it it suits me better. Being selfish, it suits me better. with able to get, get involved and get and get forward. That's that's my personal preference.
3: Yeah, and we'll talk
0: about Garner a little
3: bit later. So we'll, I won't get into that yet. As a youngster, did you go through an academy
0: or? yeah so i um I was at Leicester, uh only like under elevens under twelves uh, and then before that, Peter Barr at Cambridge flirted between the two um but yeah, the main one was Leicester, but I was only there for a year and a half, and um i I decided to leave to be fair i wasn't wasn't enjoying it at all, to be honest um uh, I remember my my dad saying to me he was on holiday, and I sort of like tried faking an injury to say that I was injured and, and couldn't play. And he sort of kind of picked up on it and said, look, if you don't want to play for him, like, just tell me and and that'll be it. It's done. And I turned around to him and said, yeah, look, I don't like it. I don't want to play play football for him. And that was it. As soon as we got off holiday, we went in and um and told him that was it. I wasn't going to play for him anymore. Well,
3: big decision at that age, but you've got to enjoy it as a child, haven't you? Yeah, that's it.
0: It was a big decision. Yeah. But yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't enjoying it. I was I was finishing school straight away. My mum was picking me up from school, going straight over to Leicester, uh, three times a week and then a Saturday and a Sunday. I it was a lot and um yeah, I, like I say, I just I couldn't do it anymore, I didn't enjoy it. So I wanted to go and play football with my mates and that's exactly what I did. I left there and went and played down the local park with my mates. <laughs>
2: That's quite interesting. And so, so having a look, it says in two thousand and thirteen, you you were set to sign for Cambridge, which obviously could have made things a hell of a lot different in your career. But you suffered a groin injury and you sidelined for eighteen months. You're quite a young lad to miss that much football. How how did that take its toll on you?
0: Yeah, it was real tough, actually. Yeah, really, really tough. Um, it wasn't just a groin injury. So they thought it was that at the start um and I went to Cambridge at, at the end of the season and they said look we we've done the first part of my medical it was just the running part I had to do uh, Agreed agree the contract and everything and they said look get get your operation done by such and such surgeon because uh, we trust him and uh, and in the summer come back and do the rest of it in pre-season and then and then you're flying you, you'll be with the lads so I've done all of that went back to pre-season and I, I still couldn't run i was still in too much pain um nothing was budging. So I went back to that surgeon, had more tests done. And uh, they f- they found I had uh, bone spurts on on both my hips. So it's like extra bone. So it's just bone grinding on bone when I was trying to run or, even, or when I was trying to move. Um, and that then caused in my right hip um, me to get torn cartilage. So I actually had an operation on my left hip to shave my bone down. Then the same procedure four months later because they couldn't do it at the same time four months later on the on the right hip and they found tall cartilage. so they they repaired all of that um, I then they then said after the operation oh, you, you could get one percent chance of getting scar tissue damage and about four months later I couldn't still couldn't get moving again so they had to look again I had that one one percent chance so I had to be opened up again for a fourth time and uh, and get the scar tissue taken away. And then got yeah done all of that. Kind of got back fit, but I just couldn't sprint. I couldn't get to sprinting. And the surgeon put me in touch with a with a guy called Carl Todd, who worked. I don't know if he still does. Worked for England and and Chelsea, and he had his own private clinic. So I travelled down to see him, and within one or two sessions of seeing him, he he cracked it for me, and I was able to start running again and built built my fitness up. He's done he'd done a massive case study on me. And on young footballers with having them symptoms, um, he's presented it all around the world, actually, to be fair, uh, which is like unbelievable. Um, but yeah, so it took literally yeah 18 months and then I finally got back fit. It was about two weeks before the season ended and Cambridge were going for like the playoffs and playoff final and stuff like that. So obviously I couldn't train with the first team because I'd have messed all of that up. So I understood that. I said, yeah, that's fine. They got promoted and then got a phone call from my agent saying, oh, they're not going to sign you anymore. You've been out for too long. Wow. So, after the whole time, they were saying, look, we're still going to sign you. It doesn't matter how long it'll take. We're going to sign you, blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, to get that at a young age, is a massive kick in the teeth for me after being out for so long as well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so then I just went back back to my old club that I was at before I went to Cambridge. Wow. I hope you get royalties from using you as a case study. <laughs> no, I'll get
3: nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I go back and ask for that, but looking back, do you think what if, or do you think everything happens for a reason? Because would you have picked up what was wrong if they weren't trying to sign you, and would you have never had it fixed? Or do you think actually, what if I was fit and you know I could hit the ground running there?
0: Yeah, um, no, I'm a massive believer in in whatever happens, happens. Uh, there's a, there's a reason for everything. Um, but I, yeah, I sort of knew I knew what was going on with my body before I was even going to sign for him. Uh, I'd been struggling with it the previous season, the last like maybe ten games, uh, and it was just getting to the end of the season, and, and we were trying to get playoffs. So, so I was just playing and playing and playing. Um, but in terms of, yeah, I would have still known about the injury going to Cambridge, um, but. Yeah, it might have been a different story if I didn't have them injuries. Uh, but look, I, I can't complain with with how my career's gone so far. I, obviously, looking back, you'd love it to have kicked off at, at 2021, but that were not the case. But I can't really argue too much about how it's gone so far. Yeah.
2: No, definitely not. And 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 after that Cambridge deal fell through, you moved to your hometown club, didn't you? Um, but left after 14 games... Um, reading the report it said that you just didn't enjoy it that seems to be your main motivation in football from already talking to you is that obviously it's like maybe slightly changed with the family now but was growing up you just wanted to enjoy playing football regardless of who yeah definitely like, I, I
0: always wanted to have a smile on my face and uh, my family have always said to me
2: that they love seeing me on the picture
0: with a smile on my face um and, yeah, my hometown club, I, I, this is when I started to fall out of love of football, to be fair. And so I went to them purely just because I couldn't bother to travel anymore. I thought, I'll go to a club that's closest to me. I can get in the car for five minutes and I'm at training. And if I've got an away game, I've got a five-minute journey to the ground and then the bus takes me. Um, I just really didn't want to travel anymore. Um, but it, it was... it's the, Sadly, the worst worst club I've been at, to be honest. Um, just the the manager was, just his style of football was not how anyone would want to play football. And um, and the fans fans would back me up. The, none of them none of them liked it. Didn't enjoy it um, for a long time. And the players were saying to me, like, don't leave yet. He'll get the sack soon. Wait till he gets the sack, and then it'll be fine. And I was like, no, I can't. I can't even do this for another week. Um, uh, and I spoke to him about wanting to leave, and then I had a well. He spoke to me for forty-five minutes before I could even get a reply in about how, <laughs> much, about how much he wanted me to stay and how much it will get better. And I said, "Okay, I'll give it one more week," and and obviously nothing changed. So I just said, "No, look, I'm being serious now. This this is me done. I, I want to leave." Uh, and I left and, and went to the club I was at before. I was going to go to Cambridge um, again, just because I knew him and and I knew I'd enjoy it there. And that's what I did. Is that Biggleswade Town? No, sorry, that was Berry, Berry Town. Ah. and Town. then and then at the end of that season, I went to uh, Biggleswade Town. And you scored eighteen goals that season. What happened? Where were you playing? I was playing. Well, my first game in pre-season was uh, number ten. <laughs> wow! I, got, I, I was shocked as well, to be fair. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't really think I knew what I was doing, to be honest with you. <laughs> but uh, no, I played in midfield for for them two seasons. And I can honestly say it's one of the best clubs I've ever been at. And the manager was unbelievable. Um, he was, at that sort of time, I just needed to enjoy it. And he was the perfect manager for that. Everyone, he's got the reputation of of making sure players enjoy football. And that's his main objective. Um, and he'd be the first one on the bus to open up a beer on the way home. And he'd sit at the back with the boys and, and win, lose or draw. He's opening the beers and he's having a laugh. Your football's forgotten about after that ninety minutes, and that—that's exactly what I needed. And and it proved, I played really well for him. I won awards for the for the two seasons I was there, um, and then that's when I felt like right, I've I've got the love back again. Like I, I feel like I've still got time left in me to, to go and make a career in it. Um, so I so I decided to leave them and go to Brackley, in the Conference North. But I knew. I would never be healthy to go to Brackley and play midfield. And I said that to him straight away. I said, look, if you're signing me, it's to be a defender. Because I'm I'm not good enough to play midfield, simple as that. And, yeah, they took a chance for me in defence and uh, hit the ground running. And we done really well. I had a really good season. Yeah.
3: To be fair, saying you've had a season or two in midfield makes some sense because some of the things are going to go on to a veil, and I can't remember the game this season. But... Was it Benning cleared the ball and it went up into the air? You were in the opposition's half. About
2: halfway, seeing it went up in the air is doing this a disservice. Came <laughs> snow on it. Yeah, and it went over the Lawn Street stand basically, didn't it? The height of it. Yeah. And it come down. I
0: caught not remember the game, and you just touched it, and it was dead. Yeah, and I, I think you it. got a standing ovation. Yeah, I think I even heard it whilst I was playing. Yeah, and to be fair, I think I was clapping in the back of my head as well. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it either. <laughs>
3: earliest really
0: but yeah that's where that comes from then yeah that's yes part of it is from being able to play in midfield and I'm grateful for them two years of being in midfield because it, it, it's helped me in the,
2: moving back into into defence and you said like you said you moved on to Brack, <sighs> and then you lost in the playoff finals uh, semi-final sorry on penalties and then the year after you signed for Harrogate and go up a league yourself and then you gain promotion via the playoffs during your first season um. Obviously you scored in the playoff final. That that must have been a good feeling at that point. And I know you said that obviously it's been better, but was that the Bristol was that at Bristol City that year? No, that was at Wembley. That was at Wembley still, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was at Wembley. Um
0: yeah, look, it was it was an unbelievable achievement to have my my first season as a pro, uh, getting to Wembley, especially with obviously having COVID thinking the season's gonna end. And we won't have any playoffs, or thinking that we might have just the top two might have just gone up automatically. Um, and we didn't really know where we stood, and then we knew obviously it was playoffs, and that, that's a lottery. Obviously, you've got to win your games, haven't you, to to get promotion? And um, we just about scraped through against Boringwood and semis 1 0. And then to go to Wembley, I've always said it, I'm quite pleased we played Notts County behind closed doors because I think with their fan base and obviously Harrogate Town, no disrespect, not a massive club. We would have brung hard, hardly anyone and they would have had a lot of fans behind them. I think that that helped them massively. Um, and, and they were obviously favourites for it. And it was, it was nice that they were, because we sort of went into it as, as the underdogs and, and they on merit, but weren't expected to win it. Um, and we, we come out like a house on fire and, and managed to get two goals ahead before time. Um, and then the turning point could have been they come out straight away second half and scored a goal to make it 2-1. And the, the next 10 minutes after that, I remember looking up at the scoreboard thinking, oh, God, like, they're going to win it. At least I've managed to score at Wembley, blah, blah, blah. Thinking that in my head, like, there, there's no way they're not going to lose this game. Um, and we managed to hold on for the next 15, 20 minutes. Um, and then luckily we managed to get a goal on the break and, and again see the game off.
3: Yeah, I remember watching it. Obviously, I didn't know who you were at the time, but mm, I remember yeah. watching it and on Sally. And as you've already touched on, there was some interest that summer from League One clubs, it's reported. We were yep. a bit disappointed that that didn't come off at that time, or was it right for you to stay at Harrogate and move up the league with them?
0: No, I was, yeah, obviously I was gutted. Like your League One club comes in for you after the, the season I'd had for Harrogate, and helping them become a, a football league club, I thought they They would at least have the not decency because I do get on really well with them and I understand why they didn't. But I just thought there might be a bit of a a bit of leeway in in letting me go and try and play as high as I can. Um, and I expressed that to them and said, Look, a team like such and such coming in, anyone's going to want to go. Um, and they said, Look, we'll let you go, but you've got to go for the money we want for you. And it was just that they were never going to pay that sort of money, simple as that um so yeah it didn't happen but it was it was tough because i kind of thought it was going to happen um and they were adamant it was going to happen so i've I've gone into pre-season thinking like oh maybe a week maybe two weeks and then i'll be gone and it's difficult to try and keep your mind focused and work really hard whilst knowing that's going on in the background um but but then when i when it became clear that it wasn't going to happen it was like right i've got Got to get my mind here. Like I'm, I'm staying here now for the rest of the season. This is where my future lies. This is where I'm contracted to. I've got to just get on with it. Um, and it was difficult. The first, first part of the season was was difficult in it, and I, was, I kind of lost my form from it as well. Sort of affected me. Um, and then sort of like after around Christmas time, just before Christmas, I, I started to to get back to myself, and then obviously I, I signed a new deal with them, a three-year deal, um, to stay at the club. And and then yeah, a, a year later. I was allowed to, to leave for nothing, so it sort of like, could let me go a year, a year earlier and it had been happy days for both of us. Yeah. Was it a club closer to Rome as well that were after you at that point? No, so I can say, to be fair, so it was Portsmouth. Yeah. Um, right. That was a few years ago now, but yeah, Portsmouth have come in yeah. like, back then, I think they weren't, they were only in League One for a few years, so it was like obviously a massive club and they were expected to, to go up like they are every year. And yeah. It was like, I couldn't believe my luck really thinking, oh, mate, if I can get a move here, that'd be unbelievable um and that's one of the reasons obviously why I really wanted it and I remember sitting home at night thinking oh I could move to move to here this is where I could be like relocate blah, blah, thinking it was going to happen and yeah for it to then not happen it was it was difficult but again it's just stuff you have to get on with
3: yeah I'm surprised you said that as well they let you come to bail for nothing that you know was was it nothing or did play pay a small fee for you as far as I know, it was nothing. Yeah. I,
0: I didn't wow. know. When it said when it's when they said that obviously it was a fee or something like that, I I was surprised with that. Whether it was or not, I'm I'm pretty sure it wasn't, or I wasn't told anyway. It was just literally I was going to Vale as long as Harrogate could get someone from Vale, Um and that's that's exactly what happened. Obviously, Leon Leg went the other way, which allowed me to, to go to Vale.
3: Wow, that's surprising, that really surprising that like you said, they didn't take money for you, but Twelve months later, they let you go for nothing. Yeah. It was yeah. what was the conversation there? Was it? to, We know you want to be closer to home. Bales a bit closer to home. Was no. So it was more like,
0: well, first of all, it was like go and play closer to home. And I said, yeah, that's fine, but there's no club closer to home at the moment, like that are, that I can go to. So I'm gonna look further afield. Like you guys have said that you need you need you need me to give more to the club. But I'm, I can't do that. So therefore, you, you said I can leave. So it, in my terms, it's it's up to me where I want to go. If I want to carry on travelling, well, that's none of your business once I've left. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Their only their only concern was either getting me off the off the wages so that I'm not there anymore, and they can give it to someone else that can commit more. Uh, and yeah, luckily that's they said, look, okay, that's fine. If wherever you want to go sort it out and and we we'll, we we'll back you to the hills so that it can go through um and that's what they did so and I was still playing up until that point uh, it was only I only didn't play the last game because I was coming in for a meeting with Vale on the Monday and we had um FA cup game against Luton on the Sunday and they they pulled me on the Saturday and said look we're not going to play you because there's there's other lads in this team that are a long term contract to this club and you're going to be going next week so we can't really play you and not play them so wow. I said, I said that's like, that's fine, fair enough. If that's what you, what you've got to do, then then do that. And then yeah, the next day I was going up to Vale, and to be honest with you, I was sort of going up there thinking I'm not sure I'm going to come here. You know, like I'm coming up here for a meeting just out of courtesy, um, and yeah, because I just thought it's it's further than Harrogate, and I was thinking, can I do this every day? And <clears throat> I thought I was only going to be there for an hour. I have a meeting with the gaffer and Flickers and well, I don't think I left there till half five in the evening. I got there about 12 and it was <laughs> honestly, it was, it was unbelievable. It was, it was class. Like they couldn't have done any more for me. Carol, Carol couldn't the lot. It was just, I knew it was the club for me. And like, obviously I went up there on my own. So I had to explain this to my partner and to my family, like mum and dad and just said, like I know this is a club for me. Like the way they spoke to me, their ambitions and stuff. I, um, I'm gonna sign basically, and I'm and I'm gonna to sign tomorrow morning, um, and yeah, that's what I did.
3: Well, and it's got to be said, me and Johnny went to sponsors day because we sponsored a player last season, um, mm-hmm. and Caddle still spoke glowingly of you then after you'd gone, saying that you know she'd been in touch with the Colchester chairperson and said, are you looking after Connie."
0: Yeah, yeah, she she yeah, I've spoke to her since then, and she yeah, he told me that exact conversation to be fair. And then um, yeah, yeah, I still speak to her now, and then she asked me to come to to the Ipswich game towards the end of season and come like sit with her and have dinner and that but I had a game but I would have done it. if I didn't have a game I would have done it. and I went and met the lads in the in the hotel before their game I went down to Ipswich because I, I weren't too far from there where I was getting on the bus for Colchester so I went to see all the boys b- before their game which was nice because they're, yeah. they're a great group of lads and it's just nice to go and see them all yeah
3: yeah, brilliant right Johnny I've lost where we are now because and I've if... just gone off on
2: a tangent yeah you've done what you normally do hey, just 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 flicking back just quickly Obviously, you were 27 when you made your league debut. From from me, just being nosy and the the conversations that people have, is there a massive gap between national league and league two? Um,
0: I I think like any league, I think the top like six in the national league are sort of like could could hold their own and do and do well in in league two. Um, I don't think it's a massive gap. It's definitely a bigger gap from league two to league one. I feel. Um, but National League to League Two, just going on my how I dealt with it and adapted, I feel like I adapted quite well, and it wasn't a massive step up. Um, so I don't think there's too much of a step up. But um, from say the bottom, the bottom half of National League to League Two, obviously there's uh, there's a big step. Um, yeah. But in terms of like the top two going into League Two, and obviously you're going to see that this year, I think it will look like there's no no step up at all.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. And as you say, you've already spoke about why Vail and how that come about. So you come into Vail, we hear about how close-knit the lads are, how easy was it to adapt into the group and did they take in straight away? And
0: what was the initiation process? Yeah, really good group of lads. And they honestly, I know everybody can say at every club they go to, oh, I've got a really good group of lads. But at the time, they were the best group of lads I've worked with in football uh welcome me in really well obviously it was a bit different that was the first time I've gone to a team during the season so you haven't really got that period of pre-season to get to know people and for people to know how you play obviously I I come in my first session was on the Thursday I had my first game on the Saturday um luckily I didn't have to sing any songs it was just pay the money and uh get on the get on the Christmas do that it was that they had to cancel previously so uh, luckily I was I got there for for the Christmas do <laughs> um so uh yeah no they were they were honestly really really good group of lads and that's why i still stay in contact with with a lot of them now and that's why i went down to to see them at ipswich because they are brilliant and before i left as well we had um again we had our christmas due cancelled and we we took it the week i left so i was actually going to fly out on the friday for the weekend to dublin with them all and i actually signed for colchester on the friday and had to keep it quiet and uh and I, i rearranged my flight for the friday night just to make sure i could get out of there and just not say goodbye but just see them all for one last time as a group before i went into training on a monday morning just and i wouldn't have done that at any other club i don't think but with these like, i made sure i could get out of there and uh and just have one last like good time with them basically because they were such, such a good group of lads
2: yeah wow yes, that that's amazing to hear and obviously before we get to Wembley it was crazy six months from when you signed for, for for the club, for things that happened. I think during the period, we we went from second to ninth and every position in between. So how did you personally deal with the ups and downs of it? Because I suppose coming in, we were in it, I think we were fourth or fifth at the time. And then at one stage, we looked like automatics were a dead cert. And then Bez was sat there chewing his fingers and counting his fingers about how many points we needed. So... Um, yeah, it was it was a
0: roller coaster, definitely, and that, that's just with the on on the field stuff. Let alone what happened uh, off the pitch. Like like you said, I come in, I think we were third or fourth, and um, before you know it, we just kept slipping down the table. And and we were working so hard to put our finger on what it was. Uh, obviously, it didn't help we had no strikers at the time, um, which was key. And then it sort of all sort of started to come together when we had the likes of Prox. Uh, back fit he scored against Tramira away and it was just so fitting that that was a time when obviously the stuff happened with the gaffer and it was I think it was the first game after uh, what had happened with the gaffer and we managed to get that draw um, and I think that's when we sort of realised what group of lads we were as a team uh, to be able to to dig in do it for the gaffer but also know that we had it in the locker to, to do it for each other as well um, and that was massive like End of the game, we had a we had a chat in the changing room, and to be fair, Cross couldn't really speak. He was kind of in tears every time he was trying to speak because of what had happened that week. Um, and I remember TC, to be fair to him, he stepped up, and he weren't playing at the time. He, he got injured, and he he stepped up and said a few words just about the group uh, and how how much it had impacted all of us that week, and how important it was for us to at least get a positive result for the Gaffer. Um, and yeah, I remember like thinking he—he's a young captain as it was last season, and and for him to say the words he said, and take over from Cross, who was pretty much in tears, was that was that was massive, and that showed the type of character he is, and and the characters that are in that in that team.
3: Yeah, yeah, giving me goosebumps. You are just talking about it there, and obviously, Artley pulled away was the one where you scored the goal. It was one 0 and I think as fans, we all thought automatics are on here. and he just slipped away after that, didn't he? Could, as players. Why did it slip away? Was it just a bad bit of luck? What went on? Do yeah, you think um, other clubs had kind of because we heard that other clubs thought that we were over celebrating that we were promoted at that point, and those from the outside didn't realise actually it was the first
0: time Daniel Clark had been back. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I had heard that a few times to be fair, and, and that weekend I heard it. Obviously, to score against uh, Hartlepool and us to win, you're on the bus back and you're thinking. Obviously, you don't want to say it to the to the fans and in the press, but. We were kind of thinking, like, this could be us here, like, automatics, it's got to be. The the run we're on, we felt invincible. We felt like nothing could stop us. Um, And then, obviously, the celebrations at the end, people were saying, you haven't done anything yet, still a long way to go. But that wasn't the reason why we were celebrating. Mm. The the reason we were celebrating is because we had the gaffer back with us and and that meant more to us than anything. Um, And it was just so fitting that we we ground out a 1-0 win Tough circumstances, tough place to go at a time we really needed three points. Um, so it all just came together that day. And yeah, like you said, we went home thinking this could be us. We've got to win what two, I think it was two more games yeah. after that to, to basically cement automatics. And um, yeah, I don't know whether it was after that the pressure or the realization of if we get this, we've promoted uh, and we sort of like buckled and gone a bit like within our shell on the football pitch, not wanting to make a mistake uh, and just wanting to be safe and hope that we nick a goal and then we will one nil and get three points and go move on to the next game. And obviously that went against us and we found it really difficult to to find our form again.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, and I'm still going off script now, Johnny. Um, one thing we did miss, Connor, is when you first joined the club. Bale fans are quite simple creatures. All we ask is someone that gives their all for the club and will die for the shirt, basically. One of the first things you did was take the goalpost down, and we had to have a tractor on the pitch.
0: Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was something very different. I, um, never experienced something like that, but it did. Uh, like um, yeah, I
3: can imagine. I, it, I remember hearing the with... sound.
0: Yeah, it didn't help I had a 16-stone person jumping with me as well, knocking me into the post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, That's the first time I've ever seen a tractor on Vale's pitch during a match.
3: <laughs> In over 30 years. And then, moving on, we got to the playoffs, we got Swindon, we all know what went on. Tell us, from your point of view, Harry McCurdy. Obviously, there's that photo of you standing over him, the little Cretan.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't really know much of him, and I'd, I'd never actually heard of him until that game. And... Obviously, I found out a little bit that he was at Port Vale, bit of a clown. But to be fair, the players did say like he's just he's just different to everybody else. The lads were saying as well like he's he's a real nice lad, a real good lad, but he can just be just off the cuff and, and come out with some crazy stuff. And also, if it's not going his way in terms of playing, he can be a bit like upset the, the apple cart sort of thing. Um, so that's what I sort of really knew of him. Uh, It was more the fact, obviously, when Lucas got sent off when my first game, and it was on Harry McCurdy. so that sort of started from there. Because you sort of, well, because of the stick that he was getting in the game and the stuff that you heard go on, like with him and the club, and a number of players were talking about on the bus before the playoffs, and it sort of like rifles you up a little bit and gets you ready. You think, right, he's not taking the piss out of my club here. Um, I had nothing against him at all. It was just. He's he scored against us twice and he he gave it to the fans and you think like you're not even halfway there yet, like in, in getting to Wembley and you're you're already like you're shushing our fans in front of us. We're two 0 down or one nil then two nil down and he scored both goals. It's sort of like it it gets a bit personal and it sort of wound me up a little bit in the first half, especially, obviously I see what he'd done in, in front of the fans, sit in front of them. And to be fair, my family were right near it as well. So I thought like, right, you're having it next time. <laughs> and um, I think he, he kind of dived as well. And he sort of got yeah. it in it and um, he dived in front of me. I think I might've tried to tackle him or something and he's dived and it weren't a foul. So I've just, I thought, right, this is my time now. I'm going to let him know. So I just, <laughs> yeah, I just had a few words with him, even got in his face and, and upset him a little bit, and and but that was literally all it was. After that, I even remember speaking to him in the game, like, and and it was fine. It's just that at that moment it got heated because at the end of the day, I want to get to Wembley, and he's just scored two goals against us. Um, yeah, and uh, and that was it for the first leg. And then obviously what they said after the game in the in the press, we we're on the bus on the way home, um, going back to Vale after that game, and it's all on our phones. All we can see is them not saying. Uh, but them saying, um, all we need to do is turn up in the next game. They can't play football. All they do is kick at you. Uh, that That's that's everything you need in an opposition to fuel yourself for the second leg. And we did. We fueled ourselves on it. And the gaffer reiterated it as well before we went out. Um, and a big thing as well, going off of football, But the gaffer had a song that was played at his daughter's funeral. And he played that before we went out. And he said, look, this is only a football game. That's nothing in life. After what I've been through, just go out there and enjoy it. And literally everyone had goosebumps on the back of their necks. People were like nearly nearly crying. Um, and it was just a massive moment in in getting everyone really pumped and ready for the game. And um, I truly believe that's why we come out like a house on fire. And obviously we missed a chance early doors. And then we finally got a goal. Um, and yeah, we could have gone on and won it in 90 minutes, but we didn't in the end. Um but yeah, we, we were able to get the job done on penalties. Yeah, and what was the
3: atmosphere like at night from a player's perspective? Because it's probably in thirty plus years of me game, Bailey, one of if not the best atmosphere I can remember.
0: Yeah, it was incredible, absolutely incredible. I remember um, we scored our first goal, and the fans are chucking flares on the pitch, and I'm thinking, no, like we've got them here. Like we need to, we need to start the game again and get back on top of them, and we're having to stop the game. And you know what can happen? Like the, the game stops, the atmosphere, the the tempo of the game dies down. So I remember running over to the flare, kicking it off the pitch. And like the, the Lino saying, no, don't touch it. And I'm, I'm like, no, we need to get this game going again. Like, we've got them on the ropes here. So, um, yeah, the, but that sort of atmosphere was just unbelievable. And, and for us to go 1-0 up so early on, so we had the fans behind us again, even more knowing that we were, we were right in the game, was just unbelievable. And to, to be at home as well and have the, the stand behind the goal rocking as well near the... Uh, I don't know what... can't remember what stands they're called, but obviously... we missed, Didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that made a massive difference. It, it made it really loud and uh, the atmosphere really good. Um, so, yeah, to to go and do it, obviously, at home, on penalties, when we'd missed two straight away, thinking, oh, God, it's, like, it's not our night here. And to turn it around, obviously, for a fan's point of view, Harry McCurley to miss a penalty. And then, yeah, we go and win it and the fans run on the pitch and it goes absolutely crazy. It was just... Yeah, it was just incredible. Yeah, unbelievable. I was going
3: to touch on, I take it from what you said there, because from a fan's perspective, we missed the first two and we thought it's not on our night here, it's over, especially with them scoring the first two.
0: Yeah, that's it. And that's exactly what we thought. We, I was sort of in the back of my head thinking uh, at least we managed to make a game of it. At least we managed to get it to penalties, like to give the fans something. And obviously penalties are always a lottery anyway. Um, but again, it shows the character of the team and the character of, of, of the whole squad. To come back from that again, and uh and managed to get the job done
2: finished yeah. now johnny have you ever to see if you finished i can find out where we are again but yeah so we move on to your third appearance and third victory at wembley um you seem to be the lucky omen so if we get there again we're bringing you back even if it's online <laughs> but We've we've heard a lot about the build up to to the game. We we've heard snippets and heard that like Crosby are arranging messages from the family and stuff like that. So just talk us through that that few days leading up. You, you go down obviously as as a team and and train and whatnot. But how was that? Um,
0: yeah, it was an unbelievable day uh, and, and an unbelievable build up. I remember obviously we'd we'd finished our uh, our prep for the game and got on the bus at Vale Park and. And the fans were there in their numbers, uh, singing and cheering us on as we left the ground. And just that—that's when you realise like we've we've got a massive part to play in in these people's lives in the next few days. Um, and it was brilliant atmosphere. Like there wasn't a, a number of people outside the ground singing, <clears throat> sending us off really in loud voice. Um, and then we get to the hotel. We had everything prepared for us. I think I don't know if it was the night. I think it was the night before. So yeah, Cross Cross had um had managed to get a video of all our all our families and uh, just given us a, a good luck message. And he played it in front of everybody. Just collaborated it all together and and just went through it all. And yeah, lads, there, like nearly in tears. You got like, your kids saying good luck, we love you, like stuff like that. It's just it it was unbelievable. It's just but it's them little things that that make the whole day and make that would make the reason why you win it so worth it, and and that is all part of of how we won that game was was the stuff like that, or getting us all prepared, and and in the right headspace to be able to go out and deliver. Um, and yeah, it was it was unbelievable um, to have that the night before a game. Yeah, and we get there, you two nil up,
3: they go down to ten. men. what are your thoughts at that point? Is he right? The, we've got this now,
0: or is he head on? There's still a job to do. Yeah, I think because it was so early on, it was still like you're sort of living in dream world but thinking there's still such a long way to go here. Like, yes, we've got this cushion, but when you play against 10 men, it can sometimes be more difficult. Um, so it's sort of like I didn't really want them to go down to 10 men. When they went down to 10 I was thinking, oh, no, that could be the worst thing that happens to us here. Um, luckily, that wasn't the case. And the longer the game, went, obviously got to half-time, 2-0, we're buzzing in the room, can't believe we're 2-0 up. But then I'm thinking... Two 0 such such a sticky uh, scoreline to have, and you know for a fact if they get the next one, like that, that could be game over for us. Um, so at, at halftime, we're, we're all saying the same thing: next goal is massive. Make sure we get the next goal. Or if there's not, if if there's no goals, then fine. But just make sure we get the next goal. Um, and they did. They kind of huffed and puffed, but not as much as we expected. We was never really on the back foot for an, for a long period of time. Um, and then obviously, Mal scores his goal, make it 3 0. And that's when you go, right, I can really enjoy this game now. Like, I know I'm getting promoted, and there's not long left, and just got to keep it all together and just enjoy the moment of playing
2: at Wembley. Um, I hope- how much of the atmosphere do you take in then because obviously you said at 3-0 you know you've won then so you can kind of relax but up until that point do you do you notice the fans that much or is it just noise in the background uh, no you
0: you notice the, yeah you notice the fans i think um more so when when you're on top when you're creating chances like the fans naturally they get behind you uh, and it just gives you that push like to to want to keep keep pushing and keep trying to get another goal and then you hear their fans when they have one chance or like a half chance, they're trying to get get behind them, um, just to get them create them to to believe that they can still still win this game or get back into the game. So you do hear that, but you don't you try not to pay too much attention to it because um, obviously you got got to focus on what's in hand. Um, but you can't help yourself when you when you hear the hear the crowd get behind you or start singing when when the game goes quiet or when the ball goes out off the pitch. Um, but it's, you you got to soak it up. You, you listen to it and. And you realise where you are and you just can't quite believe it.
2: Yeah, that's it. And how did it feel at the end, obviously, hearing the fans singing your name, singing Wonderwall and changing the words and stuff like that? How how does that feel as a player? Because not every player gets that personal treatment. Yeah, it's, it's an unbelievable
0: feeling, like, to be in Wembley, that going on. I, I was even on the way to the game, and I've got my friends and family in a uh, in a bar, just outside Wembley, and they've got that song playing, and a few Vale fans are in there, and they're all of them are singing that song and changing it to my name, and they're sending it to me on a video as I'm driving to to the game. Like, and you think this this is what you dream of? Like, I've been to Wembley as a fan, thinking I'd love to know what them players are thinking, like before a massive game, and and now that was me. I, I was able to to live that moment and and walk out onto that pitch and I always remember when I walked out on that pitch there was a sign in the in the stadium that said time to step up yeah. uh, a massive banner and I looked at it and I said it I said it to myself and thought like I, I remember in my head going right it's time like today's the day that that I step up that we step up and we go and deliver a a win and get promotion to league 1 um, and I always remember that moment thinking yeah this is the day like now or never, like, we're going to do it today. And and thankfully, we did. Yeah, and you said
3: about stepping on the coach and realising that it was people's lives that were going to change. I can't tell you the amount of goosebumps I've just had reliving that. That was unbelievable. And I'm sure everyone listening will as well. And I've got them now. But we're moving away from Wembley. But what a day it was. And I've still got it on my box and still watch it. Good
2: player. What's that? Yeah, just before you touch on the, the next question, Bez. Because I'm so anal, go on, and You'll notice I've done I've done the three players in position order that yes, I want to touch on. I want to throw in another one that you, you you spoke about. Lucas, mad as a box of frogs from the from the fans. What what was he like to play with? Um, I didn't really play
0: with him to be fair. I think he played that one game and that was about it, wasn't it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: but no training and that. He um yeah he was he was mad on the training pitch as well. To be fair to him. Um, but don't get me wrong, he's an incredible shot-stopper, really good shot-stopper in training. Um, and uh, Obviously, he found it difficult to be out of the team and uh, he, he knew why he was out of the team. But as, when you come in, I think he obviously come in as number one and, and then obviously lost his place, no fault to his own. But you find that difficult and he found it difficult, but he still tried to train really well and push the lads. And that's all you can ask for. And again, I'll go back to the character of the team. You need people like that if you're going to get promotion. You can't be out, can't have players in, in the team that are going to sulk because they want to be in the starting lineup. It's It's not about them, it's about everybody. And, and he was a testament to that.
3: Yeah, and it was weird because actually the first half of Swindon at home before he did that, he pulled off some wieldies and it was probably the best 45 minutes for me. He had yeah. an avail shit until he went and did that. And as you say, he never got a look in again after that, did he? I don't think he played for us again after that.
0: No, he didn't, no. No, I didn't, I didn't play with him again after that, no.
3: Yeah. Strange. Next one then, Nathan Smith. Tell us about him because we had him on the podcast and everyone says how good he is behind the scenes, but his murder on the pitch and he what are your thoughts on Nathan Smith
0: and what's he like <laughs> to playing with? He's a crazy guy. Yeah, he's, he's he's unbelievable. Um, really good guy. Uh really good footballer. He's an absolute nightmare for strikers and I've seen it firsthand. He he's just a pest. It just annoys the hell out of strikers. Um and sometimes he, before games and that I think right I'm gonna be like him today, but it's just relentless. You just yeah I don't know. He's just got it, and he just knows how to do it. And I then forget about trying to do what he does, and he it just comes natural to him. He does it all the time to every single striker. He, even when I went to Colchester and talking to the strikers, there, like, oh yeah, you that Nathan Smith there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's a nightmare to play. Eight straight playing against him. All he does is grab you a pinch. like he's a right, pain in the arse. Uh, and he's got that sort of reputation, but that makes him who he is and and that's yeah. and that's not not the only reason why he's done so well but he's also a really good defender um and I loved playing with him he was brilliant he, he's like an old school defender um in a young person and I got on really well with him at the club and yeah I can't can't fault him and I think we played really well together yeah, what did he mark you in training
3: at all and did you get the pinchies and everything like that yeah he
0: marked me a few times in training and I used to get pissed off to be fair because <laughs> he'd, gra- he'd just grab you he'd pull your shirt like so unrealistic like if it was in a game you'd obviously get a penalty but obviously you don't get penalties in training so he'd just grab your shirt yeah or he just would literally grab hold of your wrestle you and you wouldn't be able to move like, <laughs> yeah but luckily I weren't on the end of it that much because obviously we played in this, we were starting quite a lot together um, yeah but, yeah, there were times where he would be a pain in, the, pain in the arse, yeah. Yeah, I think Tom
3: Pope said when he was at Vale that he's got unfreaky strength, Smithy, that he's not the biggest of people, but
0: once he gets you, he's got you. Yeah, he is, yeah. That is literally it. A, he's, he's a very strong lad. Um, And going back to, like, even pre-season, he'll do the running and that, and he's just such a fit lad as well. Wins all the running. Um, and, yeah, he does He does his work. He's in the gym all the time as well. But he is a real strong lad, Um. And he's not the tallest of defenders, but he makes up for it. And let's be honest, he, he wins his fair, more than fair share of headers. So he he doesn't have to be tall. Yeah. Could you see him being a future Vale captain? I know he has
3: been in the past when he was younger, but now he's matured a bit. Could you see him being a future captain for the club?
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. He, he's obviously had the armband for periods of time last season. Um, and yeah, yeah, of course, he, he could definitely be a captain. He could be a captain tomorrow and he'd be absolutely fine.
2: Talking talking about captains, um, one that I see as a future captain, Ben Garrity, he runs for fun and from a fan's perspective, I think people, Bez, <clears throat> you um, only realise what he's brought to the team when he isn't in it. From a player's perspective, how good is it to have someone like Ben in, in the team? Yeah, Ben's a, another great character.
0: Uh, i got on really well with him and still get on well with him. I only spoke to him the other day, to be fair. I think it was two days ago I spoke to him. Um, and he is... He's testament to himself. He's so hardworking. Um, obviously, he's come through the through the non-league ranks, um, but he yeah, look, you see on the pitch, he gives 100, percent and he he runs the most out of any player in every single game, and he does it in training as well. Uh, and when he if he does something bad in training, he gets the ump with himself. If his team loses in training, he gets the right arm and walks off in, into the dressing room early and won't speak to anyone. Uh, <laughs> And and in the gym, we'll, me and him, uh, we'd have a laugh together. He, he'd always call me skinny and uh, I'd say he's not as strong as me and stuff like that. We'd have that like, sort of jokey banter. Um, and it, I'd be in the gym and he'd come in and then about 10 minutes later, he'd walk back out of the gym and he'd be saying to him as he's gone out the door, is that you've done this? You've you finished already, have you? Uh, we'd have a laugh like that. And yeah, he was he's a great lad. And um, I'm glad he signed a, another two-year deal at Vale. He'll be... Um, it'll be massive for them next season. And obviously, like you said, it it showed when he wasn't in the team this season. Um, and again, behind the scenes, he's just such a good character to have in the dressing room.
3: Yeah. And he seems to be get, get, gets better every game. I mean, he come in league two and he looked like a league two footballer. A lot of fans question, could he make the step up to league one? And he's been one of our
0: best players out a shadow of a doubt this season. He's been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I've watched him and I've, and I still watch the games when I can on the telly. And, um, yeah, he's he's got that quality, and he's definitely a, a League One player, and he's the type of player Port Vale need if um, if they want to stay in the league and continue to develop as a League One team. Yeah, definitely.
3: And the last one is not with us anymore. We found out, but how good was James Wilson, and how difficult was it marking him in training?
0: Yeah, he was. Um, we used to call him Magic Feet. He, he's he, the stuff he was doing training. Obviously, we'd see it a lot more. But he's just got an unbelievable strike on him. Um, that his touches, like with the ball, to take it one way or the other around a defender, it's just it just looks so easy for him. Um, and it's just a shame the season's gone how it how it has. Because uh, I really felt that obviously last season he done really well, and in the playoffs was unbelievable. Yeah, I thought right we're in League One. He's at a team that he really enjoys being at, and. I feel I've just thought he'll you know, hit the ground running again. Have a really good preseason, especially off the back of of the play of, of the playoffs. Um, and obviously, we was away, and he he got injured and got a real bad calf injury. And just since then, he's just not really been able to get fit and and play the games that he wants to be able to play, and then be match fit to be able to go and go and show everybody what he does. Because when he did do it for the likes of uh, Plymouth, you yeah. you could you could see what he what he's capable of.
3: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And one more, Johnny, before you move on. Andy Crosby, you worked with him as a coach and obviously you tweeted out when he got the job saying you were chuffed he got the job. How do you see him transitioning from coach to manager and what qualities he's got? Cause he
0: seems like a really good man manager from everything everyone says about him. Yeah, he'll have no problem at all. He, I'm so pleased he got the job. Uh spoke to him a lot when I left. Uh spoke to him a lot... Just during the, like my first game for Colchester, he's dropped me a message saying, all the best today, mate. Um, just, I scored my first goal for Colchester, so he's texted me again saying congratulations on the goal. Um, I just had a really good relationship with him. Um, and, I, yeah, he's he will be absolutely fine. He He's so tactically good at what he does. Um, and that's half the reason why we got promoted last season. Taking nothing away from the gaffer. But he was... Yeah, he was unbelievable. I know we had a sticky patch towards the end with him uh, in charge, but doesn't everyone have a sticky patch? Yeah. Um, and, and for the most part, that he done to get us on that run that he got us on, because we was in a bad place, and he got us back on into a good place, onto such a good run, and that was down to him. Only he done that, and his backroom staff done that. Um, and then, yeah, obviously we had a little dip, but look, we got over the line in the end, and he was still a massive part of that. So. Yeah, I think he'll have a really good season I, mean, I hope he has a really good season as well because he deserves it. He puts a lot of hard work into it. Yeah, it sounds like you love him,
3: Conor. And to be fair, we're in the market for a six foot two cent and a half, you know, if you know anyone. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: serious there, Peter hasn't six foot four. You know, so six four. Yeah, two inches. Even better.
0: Yeah, people have, yeah, I see, it all, I see it all the time on on Twitter and stuff like that. But yeah, like it's it was an incredible time, and like I say, if it was if it was close to home, yeah, there'd be no reason to to go anywhere else. But um yeah, I'm where I am now, and it's perfect for for everything in life at the moment.
3: Yeah, and yeah, I've got a young family, and obviously
0: we always say in our line of work and football is no different. You don't work to live, you you don't live to work, you work to live. Yeah, and that's that's totally it, and that's that's what I've got now. I was leaving home at. Past six in the morning every morning and getting home at half five at night after stopping about a dozen times on the way home to get coffee. Every services I was stopping off just because yeah. I was going to fall asleep. Yeah. Um, I'd stay up a night before a game, but then that meant I was away every single Friday. Uh, I know that's not a, that doesn't seem a lot to other people's work life and people being away for a long period of time, but every single Friday when you've got a partner that doesn't like staying at home on her own <laughs> yeah. with, uh, with two young kids, it's difficult. Um, and, and yeah, it, it finally started to take its toll on me. I was kind of getting to the stage where I was thinking, oh, I've got to drive in again today, not down that not down that motorway again. Um, and and then there will be times where we'd be, might be in earlier or whatever, and I'd have to say to missus, oh, I'm staying up tonight because like, we're in earlier or whatever, day after a game. But also thinking, oh, I'm glad we are because I ain't got to drive home again and drive back up in the morning. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that took its toll in the end on me and um obviously that was the main main reason
3: why. Yeah, and I think everyone listening can appreciate that we all want a work life balance, whether your job's a footballer, whether your job's in a bank, whether your job's it's a mobile phone company, we all want a work life balance and obviously you've got to do what's right for you and your family when it comes to it.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, my, my partner's now got a, got a life outside of just having having the kids to look after. She she now has time in the evenings to to do what she wants to do, and and I'm able to, to pick my little girl up from school every day if I want to, yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's it's just massive, and it's just so much better than getting home at five
2: o'clock when it's dinner time and then bath and bed. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. G- given what you've just said, how difficult was the conversation with Vale to have to say, I want to go? Um, yeah, it was it was difficult, but
0: it. It wasn't difficult because I knew that's what I needed to do. Um, and to be fair, Colchester come in for me, and Flickers rang me and said, "Look, I've spoken to the gaffer. I've told him that Colchester are coming for you, and like he he's happy for you to speak to him if you want to speak to him." Um, Flickers go, said to me, "If you don't want to leave, that's completely fine. We're not trying to get get you to leave. Like if you don't want to leave, don't leave." But if you want it, he goes, but because it's closer to home, I thought I had I had to ask you if you'd be interested in it, just out of courtesy for you. Um, and obviously already having them thoughts of having to drive in all the time and and sort of feeling like I, I needed to change, I said to him, look, now you've rung me and asked me about it, I, I feel like if it's all right, if I just speak to them, see what they can offer me, see see if it's right for me. And he said, absolutely, like, that's, that's completely fine. You can go ahead and speak to him and um, just let me know what the outcome is. And, and it was easy as that, to be fair. And, and were, he Flickers was brilliant. Uh, there was a bit of to and fro-in, obviously, with a fee. Um, but in terms of my side of things, once I'd spoken to him, it was, it, it was what I wanted to do. Uh, with a heavy heart, definitely. Um, but I knew it was right for me. Um, and, yeah, like I say, it all went through quite smoothly um and and that that ended my time really yeah
3: yeah and weird about Vale being a family orientated club even the players they have your partners and they have your parents and your kids and watch the games and that and that kind of reinforces not just to show this was best for you as a person because let's be honest veil vale wouldn't have wanted you to go as flick has said that if you want to stay you can stay but out of courtesy for you and what you've done for the club and the fact that it was better for your life as a person they went look this is on the table we won't tell you about it. Whereas some clubs haven't even told you that you just said he's not for sale.
0: Yeah, that's it. And and that's why I had such a good relationship with him. Um, and and it was, the relationship with the club, with Carroll, with Flickers, with the fans, with the players, it, it was it was unbelievable. Um, and for them to have said that to me and give me that option uh, that I might never have known about, um, it was key for me. And then, and like, when I left, Flickers rung me and said, look, I just want to thank you for everything you've done for this club uh, last season and this season. Like You've been phenomenal for us. Um, and to get promotion, obviously we're signing you in January. Uh, I just wanted to ring you and say like thank you and I wish you all the best. He said, I'm going to do exactly the same at Colchester. Uh, Carol rang me as well, just obviously reiterated. Uh, she was sad to see me go and, and uh, again, she wishes me all the best and thank you for everything. Um, so it was nice because a lot of clubs, you you don't really get that. Um, you, you might get a, a text from, or well, you get a text on that from a few lads. Um, but yeah, that's about it. But for the owner and director of football to ring you when you've left just to thank you is yeah, it, I couldn't have asked for anything more.
2: From from a Vale fans' perspective, and feel free not to answer this one. Why Ben Gardner? Could you have gone somewhere else closer to home? <laughs> well, he come to me. To be fair, I was he did didn't he? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah I was already there and then obviously when I when I heard he was coming in look, I, I like I've got nothing against him he knows that um, and luckily nothing ever happened with me and him uh, in the playoffs but I, I do like the way he plays football uh, and I knew once we was linked to him I knew it would, it would benefit me um, playing under him um, and it's been it's been good so far I've enjoyed it so far and um, like I say this season was about staying in the league We've done that, and I think we'll find out more what the gaffer's is about next season with with his own group of players and not having to worry about what's below us for, from the off. And have you given him a bit of ribbing about the playoffs? Sort have you just left that to the side. Well, when I first met him, he, um, he shook my hand and said, "I shouldn't really speak to you, should I?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, had a, we had a little laugh and joke about that, and, and we've had, we have we have spoken about that day. Um, we had a meeting. He he wanted to have a meeting with all the lads separately, and yeah, we spoke about that that night and and thing all things Vale, all things Swindon, and and stuff like that. But nice, no, he's, he's been he's been really good since he took charge. To how, fair, uh, well, say,
2: how, how does he how uh, does he mow the grass and water it? Because you know that was a that was a little contentious point, wasn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's, to be fair to him, he wasn't happy with with the standard of pitch. That, uh, at Colchester, so he's had that ripped up. So we're getting a, a new pitch. So, uh, yeah, he'll be there'll be no no complaints about that next season. Yeah, and we are as well. So, if you get us in the cup, there shouldn't be any complaints about our pitch. Yeah, I see that. I see, yeah, I see a lot of work going into that. Um, yeah, it, it needed it. A lot of the players and the management team were saying it after every home game, I think. And it was obvious, wasn't it, that yeah. something will be done, and it is. And hopefully, yeah, it'll be it'll be ready to go for the start of next season. Yeah, definitely. And that's
3: it from us, Connor. We'll let you go. Enjoy your Friday night. But we've said it on the podcast before that you were a massive, massive signing in January, possibly one of the most important January signings we've ever made to help us get over the line. You brought the quality in at left centre back and Wembley, the goal line clear and some great memories. And thank you for coming to Vale and your time at Vale. And thank you for spending your Friday night with us on the podcast
0: yeah no problem at all thank you for having me it's been uh it's been brilliant to relive their memories um and i'll never forget
2: them so thank you yeah you've given me goosebumps many a time tonight yeah nice. no de- definitely and obviously you think back to the first game of this season a goal and an assist and it just it just showed the class so thank thank you again connor um just before we go <laughs> season's fi- season's finished for now so what's your ale of going over over the summer uh well not long got back off holiday, uh, so we have
0: got one more to do. I've got benadorm I've got a stag doing Benidorm. <laughs> um, nice. Love interview. Benidorm. Love Benidorm. <laughs> um, got that in a few weeks. And just spend time with the family. Have, have a nice time with the family. Do as much as I can with them. Um, yeah, and, and chill out. But again, obviously, start working hard as soon as possible. Um, back in the gym and getting fit and ready for the new season and hopefully hit the ground running and hopefully another Wembley appearance at the end of the season. Yeah, fingers crossed and good luck for you. And as you didn't do a
3: proper initiation at Vale, I'm setting you a challenge, as you've said, you're going Benidorm. We want a video sending over of you in Piccadilly, which is the karaoke bar, singing Wonderwall.
0: All right, OK, yeah, no worries.
3: There we are, we've got it live I'll on there, we'll yeah. get that. And we want you singing your My Connor Hall as well, not Wonderwall.
0: <laughs> I'll have to have a few backing singers, but yeah, I'll give it a go.
3: <laughs> brilliant,
0: <laughs> brilliant. Thank you very oh, much for your you. time. And hopefully I'll be down at Vale Park soon. Definitely. Good luck for the season. And the, like the signings
3: you made in January, I'm sure you'll be looking push on again. And there was some cracking signings at Colchester and January, yourself Alfie May come in, didn't you? the centre all from Bradford coming as well,
0: didn't he? Yeah, 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 and, yeah.
3: You know, you made some good signings and I fully expect you push on next season.
0: Yeah, lovely stuff. Thank you. All the best next season, all right. Cheers. Thank Just you very much. You Cheers. Bye bye, bye bye. And that's
3: it, Johnny. That's the interview with Connor Also. So what have we got lined up next? Are we going to tell
2: people or, um, yes, we can do. We we we've got the third of six now, um, and we're speaking to, well, let's we can say it the number eight for the next two seasons in Ben Garrity, the best on earth. That'll be a good one. And we've when are we doing that? Because I don't know. You have told me, but I don't know. We'll be recording that Wednesday to be released the Monday after, so it will drip feed them. Um, and then we've got Dan Jones lined up as well, Leon Constantine, and one other that we just need to get pen to paper, almost to say. Yeah, it's so. good. And then today from the club, Johnny,
3: the new shirt will be out next weekend. It will. We know nothing yet apart from we're having a new shirt, and it's not going to be any. Well,
2: we're having three new shirts. Yeah, so um, we'll, have, we'll have three weekends of this, uh, but yeah, they've they, they've not done one bad job yet. Even even the dartboard one that people said that that sold, people loved it or hated it, but it sold. So they've not done a bad job yet. Even the first one that they put out, that was pretty quick turnaround, was was a lovely one. So um, happy days. Um, I'm planning on getting down the Saturday. Yes, I think I'll go down the Saturday, to be honest, get it done on day one.
3: And while we're recording, still talking, we went to the supporters' club's Heroes in 93 on Tuesday what a cracking night it was, wasn't it? it?
2: It was. It was an excellent night.
3: Some of the stories were brilliant. Yeah. So, Do you know yeah. what I want them to do for the next one? Go on. And if you're listening to supporters' club, this is what I want you to do. I just want to stage for two hours, sit Andy Porter in and one chair and Peter Swan in the other and just let them go.
2: I would love to see Andy Porter just like talk all night because yeah. like he, he's a proper he's, he's proper cheeky with with everything he's saying and you know that, that he's holding back quite a bit so there was obviously some stories that you know what goes on tour stay on tour but um, yeah Porter to be was fair great. and Andy Porter night and to be fantastic
3: because he's done his He's done his under the cosh yeah po- Porter hasn't done anything.
2: Swan so, has done our podcast as well. You've left, you left and the
3: man to Yeah, and Swan has done our podcast, which we probably got more stories because he was hammered. Yeah, So, but great character. And I'd like I say, Porter seems to, they all seem a great character and what a team. And great to see Rudge there on stage and raising money for the Rudge statue. So anyone that didn't go, a great night. But if you get yourselves over to www.tocapital, I think it's called. What's yep, it, John? Yeah. To capital.co.uk and you can pre-order the John Rudge book that's coming out. Um, £20 if you pre-order it, £25 if you don't. But if you pre-order it, you'll get Rudgy sign it. So I'll raise funds towards the statue. And you'll get a meeting meeting to pick it up as well. Yeah, meeting, pick it up. And yeah, if you can, what a great serving to the club he was. For those too young to really remember, he took us from the old Division 4 up to the championship on the verge of the playoffs we just missed out some big fa cup wins we beat Tottenham Hotspur at Vale Park which I'm sure you've heard in at 88 I think it was we beat Everton on Valentine's Day and I remember it, one of my best games as a Vale fan up there with Swindon in fact we did something in the group didn't we five best Vale games and that's something yeah. we might do and the Everton one was in there as was the Swindon one and Mansfield at Wembley but yeah some great memories under Rudge and Brought players for peanuts, sold them on for millions, the likes of Ian Taylor, Robbie Earle, Gareth Ainsworth, John McCarthy, Steve Guppy. The list goes on and on. I've missed a load there. But some great yeah. service for the club. So if you can help raise money for Rudgy, please do. And we'll be back on Wednesday,
2: Johnny. Yeah, we we'll record on Wednesday. Um, after this this'll go out this this one you will listen to on the Monday. So we'll record Ben on Wednesday, release the following um Monday. And then we'll we'll drip feed the other interviews out as and when we've done them. Try to try keep you up to date once a week. But obviously, if anything happens in the meantime, we will we will we'll jump, jump on and have a chat. And when we do one where we jump on and have a chat and not the others, we will talk about
3: the escape room. Paralysis escape room. We had a cracking night there. Great fun. And get yourselves over there and have a look. As you heard on the Will Forrester for interview. Will says he'll join us on the next one. Obviously, if he can fit in with his footballing schedule. He so, we'll break, have a look at that. He Smithy as well. So the yeah. I'm that. not getting locked in a dark room with Smithy. You can sod off.
2: I am all the time. I love him again. It's fine. There's
3: enough pinch. for anything. Yeah, pinch everything. Right, Johnny. If this is not coming out to Monday, I'm going to put you on the spot because the listeners will know the answer to this before Monday. Okay. Tomorrow, Championship Playoff Final, 4.45. Coventry or Luton, where are you going? uh Co- coventry yeah i think i am as much as i'd love Bio getting the premier league i think i am sunday we have got the league two carlisle stockport where are you going carlisle i'm going to stockport and then monday which they might listen they might not yet yeah, barnes the chef wednesday where are you going this is a close this i could go either way but i know which way i'm going?
2: I'm going Barnsley purely because jMO's never been Chef Wednesday, so I'll, I want I want to back him so he can go next season.
3: Fair enough, and if it was purely going on form towards the end of the season, that you'd go Barnsley, wouldn't it? But I think after how Sheffield turned the last leg round, it's written in the stars for Chef Wednesday, so I'm going Chef Wednesday.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Barnsley's form was was a bit shite as well, but they had that run to come from nowhere to get in the playoffs, didn't they? Yeah, I suppose, but. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's 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 going to be the closest of the three. I reckon. I I, I do think that's going to be the one that you should that everyone should watch. Yeah. Um Although Luton Coventry is going to be a great game, e- either of them sides will be interesting in the Premier League. I'd like things.
3: to see Luton go up. because I just want to see like United fans, Arsenal fans, Liverpool fans, and that climbing over someone's back garden getting can Road.
2: Yeah, we've all and, and see see these normal sized human beings go go, in, go go into the sit sit in a chair where the the next person's literally sat on your knee because the yeah I'm sure it's the the tightest ground in the football league. Yeah, it is. I'm not tall,
3: and I always come out with bad knees because the chair in front's been digging in my knees. Yeah, well, yeah, that, but if you do listen to this podcast on Monday and you start it off, mind if you've got to this point and you're listening on Monday, we finished now anyway. So. Don't matter. I was going to say, listen to this before. You watch the playoff match, but it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter, yeah. People don't know. But
2: it's already, already been done. But, yeah, um, that's great. We'll, let's say, we'll we'll release Ben. Um, obviously, not. we haven't gone captive, but we'll release yeah. the ben, ben Garrity podcast uh, once done. Um, so, so that'll be great. And then, as normal, have an ale and up the veil. So, it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking
3: to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight, and enjoy it through the app. Johnny?
2: Yeah. There we go so automate delivery on on the app it's at participating restaurants 18 plus Saving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com for more details and don't forget have an ale and up the veil